Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission, in our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I have given to you, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I have told you all probably a hundred times that I am not a hugger, and it's hard for me. And I'll admit that uh, getting to know you over these last couple years, you, you are wearing me down, and I find myself hugging more, or at least getting hugged more. Yes, Kim, you're one of them who just makes me hug. Um, But it's not something that comes naturally to me. My best friend Beth actually had to teach me how to hug about 20 years ago. She complained (laughs) that my hugs were too quick, and I was always the one to let go first. And she said that I needed to hug long enough that both people could kind of sink into the hug. So I tried to hug a little longer, and, and... and, you know, so I'd be sitting there hugging, and I'm like, okay, now's good enough. So I'd, I'd go to let go, and she'd just squeeze harder, and she'd be like, we're not done yet. Sink in. <laughs> so finally, I'd just, like, collapse and sink. It's great. I love I loved hugging. You know, it's awesome. But <laughs> that's what we do for Lent these 40 days as we head into Easter. We agree to hold on a little longer and kind of sink into what Jesus is doing this season. We sink into him. We agree to follow him as he makes his way to the cross. And in order to do that, in order to really be able to sink into Jesus, we have to sort of unhook ourselves from everything else. 
or at least unhook ourselves from the parts of the world that are so distracting. It's part of our Lenten discipline. Now, it's hard to sink into Lent when we are caught up in this endless cycle of seconds and minutes and hours. So we try to, at least in here on Sunday mornings, kind of set aside those things and, and strip down to the basics. And so like I was telling Cooper, we, we don't put flowers on the altar. We try to get the altar down to its basics. And we don't light up the cross. You know, we're trying to bring the, the intensity down. And we don't sing hallelujah, and we try to sing more subdued songs. That's why that gospel acclamation, that little ditty that we sing before the gospel, that's a little bit more subdued as well. We're trying to simplify, to cut down the noise and unhook ourselves, at least when we come in here, from all that we're tethered to out there so that we can simply watch Jesus make this journey. It's also a chance to be honest about whether or not the things that we have untethered ourselves from out there are really things that we should be hooked into. That's your opportunity this Lent to really examine those things. And so we begin this first Sunday in Lent with Jesus actually showing us how to unhook ourselves from the world and sink into God's will. To prepare himself to make this journey to Jerusalem, Jesus leaves the world behind and he enters into the wilderness for a 40-day fast. He intentionally makes himself vulnerable and weak. And it is just then, as the devil loves to do to weak and vulnerable people, show up. The devil shows up. And I imagine that the devil hopes that this temptation of God's humanity will go the same way the first one did. That he will be able to set his hook in God's chosen, just like he was able to set his hook in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Now, there is a great story that I have been waiting for about, I don't know, eight years to tell you because it was a story that Pastor Bob told me. And if you were here in the last decade or so, you'll know Pastor Bob. And he had a, a particular worldview that was a little dark, kind of twisted. So <laughs> I'm not sure how this story is going to go, but I'm really excited to share it. Anyway, it's about the danger of being hooked into the wrong thing. So this is, this is the story. A guy, a guy is walking into the woods, right? And he comes across this great big giant hole that he wasn't expecting. And he looks in and it's, it's pitch black down there. And he thinks, oh my gosh, how deep is this hole? So he takes a coin out of his pocket and he flicks it in and he listens. Doesn't hear a thing. So like, all right. So he looks around and he finds this great big rock, right? And he chucks that into the hole and he listens again and nothing. Oh my gosh, this hole must be really deep. So he looks around, he scours around and he finds this big, huge log. He hauls it up onto his shoulder and he drags it over and he throws it in and he gives a listen again. And again, shockingly, he hears nothing. By now, the man is tired. So he just sits there at the edge of the hole and he thinks about how deep it is. <sighs> He's just thinking. All of a sudden, in the middle of that silence, this goat comes running 
through the trees and it's shrieking and its eyes are just wild with terror and it's running right for the man. And so he dives out of the way and he watches in horror as the goat jumps right into the hole. He hears it bleeding like crazy the whole way down until it goes silent. And the guy's like, you know what? I don't need to know how deep this hole is. I'm out of here. And he starts walking out of the woods. And he gets a little ways from the hole. And a farmer appears out of nowhere. And the farmer flags him down and he says, I lost my goat. Have you seen one around here? And the man's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I I did. I I saw a goat, but he was just insane and running like crazy. And I'm sorry, but he jumped into a hole back there. I think he's probably gone. And the farmer says, oh, well, that couldn't have been my goat. He wouldn't have been running. I had him chained to this big, huge log. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that a Pastor Bob story? Here's the point. You follow what you're hooked into, right? That's basically the Garden of Eden story. (laughs) Adam and Eve are left to their own devices in the garden, but God chains them to instructions to take care of themselves, but they unhook themselves from those instructions, and they hook themselves instead. They tether themselves to the devil and his promises for knowledge and and self-governance, and and they decide what their future is going to be. Satan introduces suspicion into this relationship between them and God, and it's enough to sink his hook in. And instead of holding fast to the future that God has planned for them in all creation, They decide to hold on to their selfish desires, and it leads them down a pretty deep, dark hole. And it's a problem that still persists in us today. It is our nature. It is our nature to let someone or something other than God lead us around and dictate our lives, whether it's worry or greed or bad habits or sin or shame or doubt, whatever it is out there, it sets its hook in us and leads us around all week long. And that's not me just criticizing humanity. There's science to back this up. Psychologists did this really great study with music. They played music from different cultures in a liquor store, and they found that when they played French music, people would buy more wine. Yeah, and when they played German music, people would buy more beer. We are easily influenced by the world around us, so much so that we will fall into destructive habits and sin we aren't even aware of. We're easy prey. So it's no surprise that the devil would show up thinking that Jesus could be just as easily tempted away from God as Adam was. And so the devil starts out with food, just like the Garden of Eden. Turn these stones to bread. And when that doesn't work, he offers power. Do what you want, Jesus. And when that doesn't work, he offers something that hooks most of us, money and material security. But none of it works. 
None of it works. And the truth is, we know what the devil doesn't. We know that Jesus isn't like Adam. And he's not like us. We know that even in this vulnerable, famished state, hungry and untethered, Jesus holds completely to God's will. They have sunk into each other. Jesus knows who he is and who his future belongs to, and he will follow Jesus to Jerusalem, or God to Jerusalem. And it is there that Jesus will sink his cross into the earth and give us a new way of life to hold on to. In the midst of our temptations, our sins, our heartache, Jesus gives us an alternative way of mercy and self-sacrifice and love. That is what we are paying attention to this Lent. That is why we do our best to silence the world around us, to unhook ourselves from things that aren't life-giving, and to sink into this journey with Jesus so that we can see what God has set aside for us so that we can see his will for creation and for each of us. And if we are hooked into Jesus through his word, through prayer, through our habits, we will get there. And I'll tell you what, we are hooked into Jesus. When we consistently and intentionally sink into him, not just for Lent, but for all seasons. We find that when we are weak and vulnerable, when we are the ones in the wilderness and hungry for health and well-being, when we are lost and don't know what to say or do, it will be Jesus who speaks for us, who fights our temptations, who guides our steps, who when everything else is stripped away, will be the one standing still for us, resisting the darkness on our behalf. And I know this is true because I have seen it. So Sharon, Sharon Schistler is a parishioner here at Faith. And she is usually here every single Sunday without fail. And she sits right back there next to her best friend, Mary Shirley. Mary, wave your hand. Well, a few weeks ago on a Thursday... Sharon got as sick as I have ever seen anyone. It was so serious that the emergency room doc called in her entire family and me into the room, and he gathers us around her bed, and he tells us that, you know, they are going to treat her, they're going to give her medicine, but she might not ever regain consciousness again. So we prayed. And I I left, and the family continued to pray and take shifts, watching over her as they waited and waited for days to see if medicine would work. And on a Sunday afternoon, a few weeks ago, at 2 p.m., Sharon regained consciousness. And her husband David was there to hear her first words since she went into the hospital. And do you know what she said? Tell Mary I'm going to be late for church. That is what it looks like to sink into Jesus, 
to tether ourselves to the one who has been sent by God to love and forgive and claim and redeem us. It looks like he is the one on our lips and in our hearts and on our minds, even when we are lost in the wilderness. It looks like that when all else is gone, Jesus is standing at the ready to defend your heart and mind and body. It looks like he is actually holding on to you and will never let you go, not just in Lent, but in every season of your life. That's what it looks like. So sink in. Sink in. As long and as hard as you can. And know that Jesus is the one who's actually hanging on. Thanks be to God. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be. Mm -hmm.